The following podcast contains descriptions of drug use and other adult-themed content. Parental discretion is advised. So I have begun working as a bus driver. And I can tell you there's, there's a whole lot more to driving a school bus than you probably realize. Pretty complicated job. But it's not too bad. Certainly not the worst job I've ever had. Certainly not the most interesting job I've ever had. In this episode of The Eclectic Monk, I want to share with you some details of what's probably the most interesting job I ever had. Don't go anywhere. You'll like this one. Now, I've been working since I was 15 years old. and I'm a lot older than that now. But in 1981, I was 18 years old. I was out of high school and moved out of the house into an apartment uh, with a friend of mine. And that's another, it's another story. Um, but I got a job as a bellman at the Holiday Inn in North Atlanta, right off the interstate. And I can tell you that was an interesting job. Now, in full disclosure, when I was 18 years old, I was a mess. Again, I moved out of the house and I had no restraints, right? And uh, I was not uh, a Jesus follower in any way. I was an ex-church kid at that point. And I discovered um, drugs and sex and rock and roll. That's really what my life was all about. So we were, I mean, I was working for, I believe, $3.50 an hour plus tips. And the way it would kind of work out is I would make enough on my check to pay my bills. I could pay the rent. I could pay my um, insurance on my car. And... I may have even had a little bit of a car note at that point. I, I don't know. I've, I've slept since then, and I was on drugs. So uh, forgive me if some of the memories are sketchy. But um, And then the tips, you know, would come in handy. And, and what the bellman at the Holiday Inn did uh, was you mainly delivered room service. I was the room service guy. People would order from the room service, and I would go to the restaurant and take the food up to the room. Or if they needed extra towels or you know washcloths or stuff, they would call down the front desk and I would run the towels up there. Or from time to time, at one point, if their air conditioning unit broke down because I worked night shift, uh, I could go in and I was taught how to take a good air conditioning unit out of the shop and change it out so that the air conditioning or the heater or whatever they needed would work. So I did that. Um, and when the tour buses would come in, we would actually carry luggage up to the rooms and pick up the luggage up and take it back down. 
So, yeah, I did touch some bags, but that was pretty minimal. Most people staying at the Holiday Inn weren't expecting a bellman to, you know, take their their luggage up to their room for them. But, you know, I was there to help. Um, I had a really weird shift, too. I I worked, uh, I was off Monday, Tuesday. I worked Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday nights from 3 till 11, 3 in the afternoon to 11 o'clock at night. But then I had to turn around and go back in on Saturday morning and work 7 to 3, Saturday and Sunday. And so Friday night into Saturday was always interesting because the party started at 11.15 as soon as we got home. And uh, usually Saturday morning was um, I just took a lot of amphetamines and coffee uh, and nicotine to keep myself going through that shift um, because... I got very little sleep, and um, sometimes I sobered up before I got there on Saturday morning. But it was one of those jobs where as long as you were there, uh, nobody was actually you know, asking about your condition. This was not a drug-free workplace. So uh, that's kind of the setup of the adventures at the Holiday Inn. Uh, the bell stand, of course, was right outside in the lobby, uh, right next to the bar, and it was very interesting to watch the uh, the um, professional girls work the salesman in the bar. That was a real thing. So to see that go down on a pretty nightly basis. What was really bad was that I could actually set my clock by the set that the band plays. A guy named Johnny B was the 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 band in the bar. It was a little three piece band, uh, and Johnny B. He said the same words over and over again. They played the same songs in the same order, exactly the same way, every night. It was like clockwork. And I can still hear Johnny B go, Hey, we got any Willie Nelson fans out there? How about country music fans? Well, here's one for you. It's On the Road Again. And then they would break into a horrendous version of On the Road Again, that we would endure one more time. I'm not sure if I hated that as much as I did the Muzak that would be playing in the lobby on Saturday and Sunday mornings. Uh, Again, I would be there Saturday morning especially, just hung over, I mean, like, really bad. And uh, there was this one particular Queen song that they used to play um, on the Muzak. Um, And... It used to just drive me nuts when that song would come on because it's like, oh, you're just ruining one of my favorite songs. But, um, you know, the little things that, that you have to deal with. Anyway, um, stories of the Holiday Inn. The confessions of the Holiday Inn. Some of the most interesting room service uh, experiences that I had at the Holiday Inn uh, began. Uh, there was the uh, the evening that I took the bottle of champagne up and uh, this beautiful girl opens the door and I walked in and uh, and there was another beautiful girl in the room and they asked me to open the champagne and I opened the champagne and they gave me a tip and they asked me to leave and I have no idea what was going on in there I just know that I wanted to stay as an 18 year old uh, but I was not invited but what are you gonna do um there was one night I had a a tray just loaded 
loaded with food. You had a small tray and then you had the big tray. This was a big tray. And this this hotel was was five stories tall, and and it you know and it, you had to walk down. To, it was a long way from the lobby area to the other end of the hotel, and uh, I had walked all that way with this humongous tray of food, and I turned a corner, and I lost a cup of milk off of the fifth floor, and that cup of milk is in a styrofoam cup with a lid on it. It fell five stories. It hit right in the hood of somebody's black car and just exploded all over their car. And I, I felt bad, but not bad enough to tell anybody about it. I just delivered the room service and went back and got him another cup of milk and, and didn't say anything to anybody about that because, you know, why draw attention to yourself? That would be just insane. Um, then, then there was race day. Now... This was, uh, the hotel was in Marietta, Georgia, up in Woodstock, Georgia, which is just up the road a bit. Uh, there was a, there's a dirt track, Dixie Speedway is up there. And this one is pretty crazy. I, I was sitting there and um, I was delivering, this was on a Saturday morning, and I was, I was delivering room service breakfast. And I went in, it's the day after the races, and, and there were a room full of, of middle-aged men you know, with pot bellies and, and they're all just standing around in their underwear. And there was a woman who also in her middle aged and, um, you know, 40 ish, probably, um, not the most attractive woman I've ever seen. Um, but she was completely naked lying in the bed with four or five guys standing around they were hammered. So I don't know if they won the race or they lost the race, but this whole room full of people was hammered. And I stumble in with a tray full of breakfast food. And this woman says to me, and, and I quote, because I can't forget this one. Hey, honey, why don't you just rub that all over me and help them eat it off? And I put the tray down and very nice guy in his underwear handed me a $20 tip and said, why don't you get on out of here? And I said, thank you very much. And ran out of that room as fast as I could go. Cause there was one thing I did not want to participate in on that particular Saturday morning was the event that I was invited to participate in. So <clears throat> anyway, that really happened. Um, and man, just so many weird things uh, you know, you, you just walk in, you know, people would, would, you'd knock on the door and they'd just open the door with no clothes on. That happened a lot. Um, there was the graduation party where we got an entire hotel full of absolutely wasted college seniors who were just, I mean, I mean, they're, they're making hunch punch in the trash cans and going from room to room and it was wide open and they kept, you know, giving me drugs. And, um, yeah, I, I kind of, that one gets hazy after a while. There was, uh, I had another, uh, Belgman that I worked with, uh, a guy named David. I won't give you his last name to protect the innocent, but David gave me a quaalude one night Say, Hey man, you want to take one of these? And I said, sure. And, um, I actually fell asleep on the table in the, uh, employee dining room. Um, for a very long time and finally woke up and 
stumble back upstairs. Luckily, it was a slow night because they weren't looking for me. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of was just typical of the whole experience. Um, as I've said many times, 1981 and 82, 1982, I, I don't hardly remember at all. But, you know, hey, it was a job. The great thing was you'd walk in uh, and I needed to make enough money to eat. I basically ate one meal a day at that period of my life. And if I didn't make, I needed like $3 in tips to buy a hamburger off of the room service menu. So I got my three bucks so I could eat. That was great. Need another couple of dollars to buy cigarettes. And then anything after that, that was drug money. Basically, that was my life in 1981. And just, just wild and insane. And yeah. But I worked with, you know, Teresa and Julie and Vera and Tony in the bar and with Kip and Tom for a little bit and David and another David. And you know, it, was a, it was a lot of fun. And something really important happened at that hotel. And, and I'll share that with you when I come back um, and why this job is still very high on my list of the greatest jobs I ever had. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Join me every day, Monday through Friday, for five minutes with Mark, as we take a leisurely stroll through the gospel of Mark and encounter this incredible story of Jesus in a fresh and new way. Don't miss it. So, it happened on a Sunday morning when I was, I was probably one of the very worst hangovers I've ever had. And, and it, it began, of course, the, the Saturday night before. And um, now on top of the, you know, vast amounts of alcohol that we consumed and the copious amount of weed that we consumed and the, you know, daily doses of speed that we consumed, someone had shown up with cocaine at our apartment on that, that Saturday evening. And, um, we had, we had really done a lot, done a lot. And, um, and again, I had to be at work at seven o'clock in the morning and I'm sure I, I got, you know, two hours sleep, maybe, you know, fell asleep on the couch for a couple of hours and then got up and, and would, um, <clears throat> I would actually put on the same socks that I wore the night before because I didn't have time to do laundry and didn't have that many clothes. And now I'm ashamed of the way I lived then. Please don't, don't think that I'm glorifying, um, this existence in any way. Uh, I, I am anti-drugs and I'm anti-drugs for a reason because I did a lot of them and I know how destructive they are and how deceitful they are. And so please don't, don't think that uh, I am saying you should go out and do what I did. I would say to any young person, hey, be smarter than me. Don't do what I did. But, hey, this is just the truth. This is how I was. This is what I was living like when I was 18 years old. This particular Sunday morning, I, I walked in, and like I said, I was just, I was just out of it. My head hurt like terrible. My throat was dry. 
um, and I I was trying to suck down some coffee and smoke some cigarettes and do whatever I could do to you know get myself somehow you know upright and and motivated to move forward. And I'll never forget um, that morning because I, I stepped into stepped into the dining room because um, that's where the the room service orders would would come. We would get you know we had this little pneumatic tube. We get a little thing would pop in over at the bell stand. You know, there's an order, and then you'd go to the restaurant and um, and you know pick up the details and get the order. And I walked into the restaurant that morning, and there, and the hostess station was the most beautiful girl that I had seen in a very long time. And I was, I was smitten by this girl. Um, you know, again, she's wearing the, the brown, the Holiday Inn brown skirt uh, and a white silky blouse. You can see it in my mind right now. And, um, and she smiled at me, and I I smiled back at her. And you know, my hair was as long as hers was, and my eyes were probably you know as red as um, a ketchup bottle. And I'm sure my breath was none too fresh, and my clothes were none too clean, and I was just as a pitiful, a pitiful version of myself. I was down to about a hundred and. 1,520 pounds uh, at that point because, again, I wasn't eating much and I was doing a lot of drugs. And so I was I was really, really thin. Uh, I'm almost 6'2". And uh, so, yeah, I was I was really thin. I'd, I'd carried 150 through high school, but I was down, you know, 125-ish. I was very, very skinny. Um, and I guess, I guess that girl saw me and just thought I needed something because she... She started talking to me, and I couldn't stay out of the restaurant. I remember the the restaurant manager just kept running me away. You need to go back to the bell stand because I really was more interested in talking to this girl than I was, you know, hanging out and delivering some towels to somebody. I didn't really feel like moving, but suddenly I was highly motivated to be in the dining room, and um, and that that moment, that morning really, um, began a transformation for me. Um, I, I, you know, started, we started sending notes back and forth to the pneumatic tube and telling jokes and I could make her laugh and she made me laugh. And, and, uh, she was this sweet, innocent, naive girl. And I was this bitter cynical, tainted man. Uh, and I asked that girl out and she said, yes. And to this day, and I, I say this a lot to this day, I don't know what possessed her to say yes. When I asked her out, because if my daughter had said yes to someone like me, I would have probably been, well, would have been as unhappy as her parents were when she drugged me home for the first time. Um, and, but it all kind of worked out because, you know, 
we did get married and we're still together all these years later. Um, again, that was, that was what, 41 years ago this summer that we met and my wife changed my life. She really did. She, um, I am alive today because that girl said yes when I asked her out. I can't imagine a world without her in it. And <clears throat> I can't imagine what my future would have been like without the stabling you know, influence uh, that Jamie had for me at that period of my life because I was absolutely out of control. Um, and so, you know, I, I thank God every day that I lived to be 19. Um, and she and I, you know, we had our ups and downs. You know, I said some stupid things and she, you know, quit talking to me for a couple of weeks, but then she broke down and talked to me again and we went out again and we lived together for a while and we kind of broke up for a little bit, but then we couldn't stand to be without each other and we moved back in together and then we finally got married and finally had kids and finally found the Lord and, well, we're still doing things together and um, and she's still my best friend. So my job as the bellman at the Holiday Inn was a life-changing experience. Um, what I remember of it. Because <laughs> I don't remember a lot. And it was kind of short-lived because it wasn't long after Jamie and I started dating that they talked me into going and becoming a desk clerk. That's right. I was a desk clerk at the Holiday Inn. And there's some stories for you. I'll share those on another podcast. Anyway, the moral of this story is you never know who you're going to meet next. You never know when around the corner, surprise is going to come that's going to change your life. You just never know how God is working to put things together for you. And so live with your eyes open. Know this is an adventure. Life, man, is an adventure. And, and sometimes... Sometimes we do stupid things, y'all, but it's okay. Um, sometimes, sometimes it's the failures that move us forward more than the successes. Sometimes, sometimes we get the privilege of looking backwards and seeing the grace of God at work in our lives. And I certainly see it on a Sunday morning at the restaurant, the Holiday Inn on Delk Road in Marietta, Georgia. In 1981, he was good to me, and he gave me the love of my life. So, I hope this encourages you a little bit. Hope you're not too scandalized. And uh, until we meet again, travel well, enjoy the journey, and never, never doubt there is a God. He loves you, and he's actively involved in your life even if you don't know it. That's the truth. See you next time. I do appreciate you listening to the podcast, and I hope you find it entertaining and enlightening. 
And if you do enjoy the podcast, there's a few things you could do to really help me out. If you would, subscribe, like, share, and rate the podcast on whatever platform you're on. And you can go to my website, theeclecticmonk.com, and there you're going to find a support tab. Click there, and it'll take you to a link where you can become a monthly supporter of the Eclectic Monk Podcast, and that would really help me out. Hey, we're on this journey together, and I sure hope that you and the rest of the nine will continue with me as we move into the exciting future. Thanks again.